Welcome to Career Crashers, where we tell the stories of those who are not content to wait around following rules and hoping for good things to happen. Great careers aren't found, they're forged. It's time to crash the party. All right, this episode, I will not be joined by a guest. I will be joined by many people. I'm going to go and read through some emails that have come in over the last couple of weeks. A couple emails, a couple Twitter threads on career crash stories, examples, inspiration. What other synonyms can I come up with? Um, this I thought was really cool. This is an email from Derek Sivers. And uh, Derek Sivers always has interesting stuff. He years ago founded CD Baby. Um ran it and sold it for a bunch of money. And now I don't know what he does, but he writes good blog posts. He's got a great little book called Anything You Want. I highly recommend it if you're interested in being an entrepreneur, especially. But I got this email from him. I'm on his email list. And he, and it says, hey, you might like this creative video, two minutes long with my voice and words. It's by Canadian filmmaker Tommy Lee. He took the audio of my voice from my podcast with Tim Ferriss and added his own creative visuals. He surprised me with an email out of the blue, introducing himself and telling me about this video. But I'm so impressed that I've hired him to do a few more videos for my next book. You can see his work here. And he links to TommyLee.com. That's T-O-M-E-L-E-E. -E -E. If you know of other great filmmakers, please send them my way. I really love this format and collaborating with visual artists. Now, <coughs> excuse me. What's so awesome about this is this filmmaker, obviously must be a fan of Derek Sivers or a fan of Tim Ferriss, at least, hears this interview and thinks, oh man, that'd be cool to take a couple minutes of that audio and put it to video. And instead of going and asking permission, instead of going and seeing if someone would pay him for this, he just did it. He just made it. And not only did he make it, he shared it with the person for free. Emailed Derek Sivers. And like, let me tell you, no matter how busy you are, humans have ego. If somebody made a beautiful two minute video of you talking or some of the things you've said, and they made them look super awesome and inspiring and sent it to you said, Hey, here you go. I made you look like a movie star. You would read that email and you would respond. <laughs> so he emailed him. Hey, here you go. I'm a filmmaker. I made this video for you. And what happened? Sivers loved it and is now hiring him to do paid work. And not only that, he blasted out this story and this filmmaker's email address to his entire massive email list. I guarantee that Tom Lee now has more requests for business than he can handle because he did the work first. He did it for free. He didn't go say, what do I need? What kind of film school credentials do I need? How do I put together a resume and get people to pay me to make film? He showed his work the proof is in the work, not in the credential. I love it. Great story. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, I had somebody message me on Facebook. She says, yeah, to your question about crashing a first job, she shared a video. I made a parody video about a political party and it unexpectedly led to my first full-time job. So this girl took a song. She's really interested in like policy and politics, took a popular song changed the lyrics and made a YouTube parody video about it and put it up and it went sort of, you know, mini viral. She got on a local news story to talk about her video 
And someone saw that story and said, that girl's sharp. And that video is funny. And reached out to her, talked to her, bought a boom. She did some other writing projects or something for them. Pretty soon, she was hired full-time working at a think tank doing the kind of work she wanted to do. Again, instead of like, oh, it'd be funny if somebody made this, or man, it'd be nice if somebody paid me to sit around and make parody political videos, she just did it. She did it first, and that's what earned her the opportunity. Here's one I came across on LinkedIn. Resume of Lucas La, I don't know how to pronounce it, Y-L-A, Yla, 25-year-old looking for a job in San Francisco. Most resumes are put in a giant stack or rarely read in a cluttered box. That is true. He has changed the game. The results have been tremendous. La brilliantly designed his resume inside of a deluxe and yummy box of donuts. Posing as a Postmates delivery man, he hand delivers the box to recruiters and tech firms. <laughs> he said, I've had 10 interviews so far and I haven't delivered donuts to all the companies I admire and, lo and love what they're doing yet. Recruiters, marketing pros, and people in general love this kind of approach. It's something you don't expect. It's fun and out of the box. Well, the donuts are in the box, but I couldn't resist the dad joke, the wordplay. Um, the idea came as after experiencing fierce competition in the job market. I was looking for a direct way to reach decision makers. Now, that's a fun kind of risky approach, right? Like it could be annoying. It could be, but it's interesting. Like, why not try it? You know, why not invest a little bit of time and a couple bucks in a box of donuts with a fun whatever inside of it that's got your, your resume or your story or something? Um, just the idea of taking it into your own hands and saying, if I just do what everyone else does and instructs me to do, I'm basically leaving it to fate. You know, it's like waiting to be discovered if you're an actor or whatever. How about you take it into your own hands and try some stuff? Experiment. Here's what I got from... Brandon Espinosa. Uh, he says, you know that experience of hearing something new for the first time, and it's so clearly and elegantly true that it reorders your entire living paradigm. That was what happened to me when I first heard you talking about adding value as an individual. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that was coming. I didn't know that was all set up to compliment me. <laughs> Oops, but there it is. Wonderful. I feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, talk about adding value. I wanted out of my last career path bad. I saved up some money and engineered myself an internship, in quotes, of sorts, by injecting myself into the crypto world. I volunteered to do anything anyone needed on any project they were working on. This is specifically for EOS, which is a crypto project. Anytime somebody asked me why I was working for free for so many projects, I answered, adding value wherever I can is kind of my MO, and I hope to make a name for myself in the process. I was active in every platform from Reddit to Telegram to Facebook. I was engaged. I was tenacious. I listened. I opined. And I publicly shifted my opinions when I was convinced that an alternative approach was better. If you don't know, crypto is this very uh, world full of very strong believers that have lots of different debates and stuff. And so engaging in that world, but also showing that you're willing to listen to ideas uh, is a plus. Okay, back to the email. One day, a leader in the community shared a PowerPoint deck. It had a slide that described a process. I took a description and I created a simple but clean process flow with swim lanes for stakeholders. It worked. Six months later, down to my last $500 in savings, I got an offer from him to work at a startup, making enough money to get ahead, doing exciting work that I love. Here's the kicker. In my panel interview, I was asked what I consider to be my greatest mistake. My answer, going to college. Everyone on the team beamed. They understood. 
I've been working there for about six months now. The CEO just introduced me as the company's head of product during a marketing call and has invited me to attend all the strategy calls. I'll be 40 in 10 months. This stuff isn't just for late high schoolers and recently disillusioned undergrads. Thanks for the wisdom. I'll pay it forward. What an awesome story, Brandon. I mean, I absolutely love that. For one, it's never too late. It's never like you missed your window. He went to college. He didn't get what he wanted to out of it. Wasn't happy. He's 40. Who cares? Same thing applies. The thing that you do on nights and weekends, that hobby of yours, don't assume that can't be your career. That can't be your next step. And the way you do it, you don't sit around and think about, boy, no one would ever pay me to do anything in crypto. I've never worked there. I'm 40. Uh, uh, just start doing it. He got into the community and engaged. He created value. And something as small as, oh, there's a PowerPoint deck and it has a slide that's ugly. I could make that visually more appealing. I'm not going to ask if I can. I'm just going to do it and I'm going to send it. And the person that sees that says, wow, that's awesome. And it turned into something that Brandon is super excited about. I absolutely love that story. Let's see what else we got in here. Uh, da, 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 da. Um... Let's see. I like the idea of narrowing down interests based on things I hate and things I don't suck at. It's a good approach. Definitely crazy for a 19-year-old to, to expect to know their passion and choose a college degree based on that and stick to that. Now at age 30, I feel like I could have done so much more to position myself for my career, but I will have to start where I am. There's nowhere else to start. Real short email, but I love that. I love that again. You're not too late, right? You can still ask yourself those three questions I like to talk about a lot. What what are things I don't hate, things I don't suck at, and things that people value? And you find that intersection, and uh, that's the best place to start. Okay, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, oh, you know, there was a bit of a Twitter. I, I had a, a tweet about, you know, professors claiming, well, you can't get a job without a degree. And then people being like, no, I did. Which We, we saw this with Praxis all the time. And then professors will come back with, well, it's not about a job. It's about enlightenment. And then you can say, well, okay, I'll go get enlightenment for free with online classes. I'll sit in on classes. I'll get books and podcasts. Professors will then reply, you should feel bad. And I was being a little bit sarcastic and cheeky, but it led to an interesting um, discussion thread on that tweet where, you know, somebody's like, well, how do you, how do you get experience without a degree? Now, again, anytime somebody asks a question that includes without a degree, you should always ask the same question with a degree. How do you get experience with a degree? It's the same damn way. I hate to break it to you. You got to show somebody something that makes them willing to give you the experience, to give you the opportunity. How do you do that? By doing it first. If you want if you want experience as a writer, you start writing and then you see if someone will pay you to write. And that's the same whether you have a degree or not. And then the, later in the thread, someone's like, well, that's great that it worked out for you. But as general advice, it is better to get the degree. That is the most dangerous hunk of bullshit ever. There is no such thing as general advice. There's no such thing as general advice. Advice is specific to the person. Opportunities are specific to the person. Desires and goals are specific to the individual person. So if you say, well, look, I have no idea who you are or what your goals are, or what you're trying to accomplish or what your financial situation is, but I know that you should take general advice and go 50 grand into debt and spend four years in a classroom. What kind of hokum is that? 
I mean, would you tell somebody, I have no idea what you're trying to accomplish with your life, but you should buy a house in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for $250,000. It's always a good investment. Like that's just stupid, utterly stupid. Know your goals, know what you're trying to accomplish and just take the first step toward it that makes sense. Get some feedback from the world and come back and readjust. So anyway, I don't know why I included that in here. I guess I thought that was a good Twitter conversation. I hope it was. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Just got an email from a parent. I love what you're doing. I have three kids. Uh, My daughter is married. She's a mother. The middle child just turned 18. He jumped right into the workplace, moved his way up the ladder in all of six months, and is now a manager at a large company. My youngest is 17 and just got a $40,000 job offer as a product manager. That is awesome. This is a homeschool dad uh, that emailed me this. I love it. Again, get, like this isn't rocket science. It's it's just a little savvy of figuring out what what's valued in the market that you can actually do and a lot of hard work. You know, people think this is all some big giant mystery. How do you go out there and succeed with careers? I guess you got to buy a degree. I guess you have to do this. No, it's not like that. It's, it's both easier and harder. It's easier in that it's less complicated, but it's harder in that it's hard work. Uh, let me see here. Um, Isaac, uh, I'd like to thank you for publishing your content for free to the public. I've been following Praxis from podcast to blogs, and now I landed my first startup job as a junior designer with no degree, without any official education background. It was not even mentioned any time at the interview. What I did have was a portfolio of work I built on my own time, my understanding of creating value, my drive and motivation. Absorbing the content you put out helped me see things from a different perspective. I'm excited about the job and can see myself growing the company while doing what drives me. I love, I love that. I can see myself helping to grow the company while doing what drives me. That this guy is motivated by growing the company he's working for and pursuing his own goals that may diverge from that down the road. But I think this is really cool too. Like, I'm not re- I'm not saying this to like, you know, toot my own horn or whatever, but just sharing things publicly, not keeping it to yourself, posting articles, blogs, stories. You never know what kind of people are impacted by that. For every thank you note you get, there are probably 10 other people who didn't say anything, who are out there and who gained something from it. I think that's really awesome. But I love this. I mean, he nailed it. Portfolio of work I built on my own time. An understanding of creating value, drive, and motivation. That's it. Simple ingredients. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Okay, so I got one here. About six months ago, I crashed my way into a social media gig at a couple local restaurants. Um, bosses are nice, not super organized. They'd never had a dedicated social media person before. So there's no playbook. I've got lots of ideas and projects, fancy analytics reports, networking influencers, all kinds of awesome stuff. Um, it's easy to get overwhelmed and not do much more than routine posts that are expected. How do you balance day-to-day tasks that are expected of you with going above and beyond the call of duty? How do you make time for long-term projects that will create value without slacking off in the here and now? That's from Anne. And you know what? I'm going to punt on this one and use this as a cross-promotional opportunity. Check out the Office Hours podcast. I'm going to add this to the queue of Office Hours episode, um, of Office Hours questions to answer as season three starts off. Me and TK Coleman jump on there and we take questions like this uh, the whole time. And it's a lot of fun. Okay, just a couple more. This one's really fun. 
This is from Matt, who is the guy who made the Crash logo, actually. I was on a pre-med track, thought I was going to be a doctor. Turns out I'm terrible at taking tests. Couldn't remember everything. Had an awful time learning how to take exams. My grades were bad, but the doodles I made in class weren't. So I took my friend's advice and turned a Photoshop hobby into a career. There's a lot more to it than this, but while bartending to pay for school, my manager was leaving to start her own real estate business and she asked me to make her a logo. I googled how to make one and gave her one and got paid. Realizing that it's way more fun than school, I basically never actually graduated, started doing design work during the day and bartended at night. The people I made drinks for at night became my clients and I slowly eased my way into full-time design. That is awesome. Fully moved, fully learned on my own, found out I'm really much better suited to do creative work. Moved to NYC about five years ago and have been enjoying it quite a bit. And he found Praxis through a Slack for illustrators and designers that one of the people on our team was in and posted about um, the opportunity here. I love that story because, again, you can't figure this stuff out without experimentation. You can't sit on the couch and think your way to the best career. But Matt enjoyed doodling and someone was like, oh, you could probably sell that. And when he heard someone say, I need a logo, he took a chance on himself. And he created a logo for them and he got paid. And I can't tell you how many stories, career stories are something like that, where it's like the first time someone gave me a dollar for doing something I enjoy doing, something clicked. It was intoxicating. I realized I have something that's of value to people, even if it's low value at first. I mean, Matt had to bartend to pay the bills while he was doing this, but getting a few paying customers, there's something in there that just inspires you. You learn from it. You want to do more. Great story. And a great logo, Matt, if I do say so myself. Um, Here's another one that came across on Twitter. I had answered a Quora question. Um, Somebody said, my 18-year-old son wants to drop out of college and be a YouTuber. He has 62,000 subscribers. He thinks he'll make it big. How do I tell him college is best for him? And I responded and basically said, leave him alone. Let him experiment. And that was on Twitter. And this guy replied to the tweet. He said, my parents, a state Supreme Court justice and a stockbroker, Let me drop out of high school to pursue music full-time. Best parenting decision they ever made. Practice is greater than algebra. I'm a successful musician in LA, performed at the White House last December. Oh, I only have 5,000 YouTube subscribers. Uh, Hey, shout out to the parents of Stephen Limbaugh, especially in high-status careers like a Supreme Court justice and a stockbroker. It's very, very challenging for parents to not focus on status that makes other people excited saying, Oh, my son dropped out of school. He's a musician. That's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You must be really ashamed. You know, conversation at the cocktail party. Uh, my son is in law school, you know, hates his life, totally depressed, but he's in law school. That is more the norm. So big time shout out. I I just love it when parents have the courage to just let their kids pursue something like that. That's awesome. Okay. Um, one more Twitter thread that I just want to just make a quick rant on. This is one of those like good, so close, but still. So it's this thread, uh, about this college admissions scandal, which is quite a wild thing that illustrates a lot of points. Tara Vansill says the upper class are bribing their children into universities. Meanwhile, I'm trying to talk my dad out of sending my brother to college because universities are not built for even the most well-prepared poor kids and student loan debt crushes working families. All true. But she goes on to say something that I think is kind of interesting. 
that she was poor. So she had to work her way through college. So she had, she floundered and struggled because she was working jobs while trying to go to school. She says, all the poor kids I knew in college worked. I always had a job during school year up to three at once. There is no way to earn a degree and prepare for adulthood with that many jobs without, not without superhero discipline and stamina. What I think is so interesting here is she's assuming that preparing for adulthood equals sitting in cinder block classrooms and taking tests and that working distracts from that. I would say it's the complete opposite. You get much, much better prepared for adulthood by working in the adult world, even if you're working at a sandwich shop than you do sitting in college, saying, well, it's too bad these people have to work because it distracts from their studies. I say it's too bad they have to pay a ton of money to study because it distracts from their work where they can do something that's valuable that you can parlay into something else. Work that job, pay the bills like Matt did. Try to get some clients that will buy your designs on the side. Try to build up some skills and pitch yourself for an unpaid internship on the side. You know, this assumption that preparation for work involves staying away from the workforce for four years, five years, and studying a bunch of irrelevant garbage that somebody else chose for you is absurd. You don't prepare for the world by hiding from it. You prepare for the world by engaging it one bit at a time. Take one little bite at the apple. See how it tastes. Go back, adjust, and try again. The college admissions scandal, I think, is really revealing of the very thing I talked about with parents and prestige. People talk about how college is, okay, it's not really about the learning. It's not really adding to your human capital. Fine, fine, we admit that. A lot of people admit that. But it's about the signal. Like it or not, Isaac, you still need the piece of paper to get a job. That is completely untrue, and we've demonstrated that so many times, even jobs that say degree required. There's always a better way to build a better signal. Why then, if it's not really about getting the job, No, because nobody even asks. Nobody's like, do I actually need that to get the job that I want? Most people don't even know what job they want. They just go to college as the general advice. And I think the reason is because it is a signal, but it's not an employability signal. It is a signal of social status. It is a signal that you are conforming to the dominant social religion. And there's nothing society fears more than someone who won't conform to those status games because they can't be manipulated. They can't be controlled. They can't be shamed. They can't be bullied or cajoled. They're independent, free, bold thinkers who are dangerous, but also the only ones that move society forward. And so you see with all these celebrities, they've got a lot of money, a ton of connections. Their kids can get a career with the money and connections their parents have, way better than some piece of paper they're going to buy. But yet they're bribing admissions officials to get their kids in. Why? Because they desperately want to play the social status game and say, my kid went to a good school, see? This is why like professional athletes will make millions of dollars, be highly successful, be turned into a broadcaster, they've got a career, and they'll like go back and buy some online degree and be like, see, I still got my degree, and everyone will cheer. What is... What is that degree doing for you? Like, did you did you learn something that you couldn't learn just reading books? It didn't clearly was not about employability. The signaling theory uh, saying that it's an employment signal does not explain that. It is a religion and people are desperate to show their conformity to the dominant social status game of our age which is you must buy a degree or you are a loser in the social status game. Screw the social status game. 
your status as a free person who's proud of what you're doing and achieving your goals is all that matters, not how you look in the eyes of others. All right, that was a ranty episode. A bunch of emails came in. Shoot me an email, Isaac at crash.co. If you got articles, if you got your own story, other people's stories, send it on in and I'll do another one of these mailbag and miscellany episodes. Until next time. Like what you hear? Go to crash.co and join the career revolution. If you want to share your own career crash story, send it directly to me at isaac at crash.co. 